Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Heal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I am your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you listen, like, subscribe, and share Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to us on Facebook, and subscribe to our um, uh, audio podcast on uh, Spotify. Uh, And also, guys, stay until the end, and I'm going to tell you how you can win $100 from the podcast, and it don't cost you anything in order to win. Um, But you got to stay to the end to get that information, right? Okay, cool. So today, just like any other day, we are blessed with the guest. Mr. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, you know, uh, Ernest, I was going to jump in and, and finish that line for you after fulfill. You kind of paused there. I was like, uh, your purpose. But no, I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. No problem. No problem. First of all, let me say thank you for being here. Um, I know that you could have been doing anything else, but you took out time to be here with me, and I definitely appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. So, I know we've been trying to connect for a while. I'm I'm so excited that we can finally make it happen. Yeah, yeah, man. I, and I'm I'm glad. Thank you for your patience. You know, uh, I, I have a I have a uh, what can be a problem for for some people, uh, but it's a good problem for me to have, which is I have a list of people. 
<laughs> that is waiting to get on. And so yeah. that's good for me. But sometimes, you know, when you're on that list and you're waiting, you know, it, it can get kind of long. So I thank you for your patience and, uh, wow. you know, bearing with me uh, with my good problem yeah. <laughs> to have people like yourself, um, you know, willing and ready to, to be a part of this movement um, of the, this podcast. So, Chris, uh, we're going to jump right in. First thing I want you to do um, Tell my listeners who you are and what it is that you do. Certainly. Well, my name is Chris D.T. Gordon. I could say the D.T. stands for <laughs> darn terrific, but I would be disrespecting my parents. It's actually Daniel Thomas. I have two middle names. I live with my wonderful wife, Becky, and our three fantastic kids in New Ulm, Minnesota. And if it sounds German, that's because it is. We have a giant German statue of Herman the German on top of one of our valley hills. And so we celebrate the German heritage here, but all the good stuff, you know, uh, bread and drink and all that stuff. Becky and I are both teachers. She teaches at the public school here. I teach online and I have been for the last 10 years. Yes, there was <laughs> online teaching before the pandemic. And... We're just living life. I'm also a professional speaker. Who That's why you're having me on here today, because I talk about the attitude of gratitude right up there next to Super, Super Grover. <laughs> no and, problem. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I, I want to mention, uh, you mentioned about German, uh, the German heritage. When I was in high school, one of the uh, languages that I learned was German. Uh, don't ask me any of it now because I don't remember, but <laughs> I did learn it. I did learn it and I passed it. Uh, it was German, German and Spanish, um, right. both are which are languages that I want to take now as an adult um, because, you know, just as an adult, you realize the power in, you know, being able to communicate even more. And so those are two languages that I, I want to relearn. The world's a lot smaller than it was when we were in high school. So, yeah. you know, when you took those languages, you're thinking, oh, you know, this is for a grade. It, it wouldn't be fun one day to use that. And all of a sudden, whoa, I could jump on the computer and talk to someone who talks that language. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I when I was uh, when I took it, uh, it was only two African-American people in my whole school. <laughs> that mm. took German. Uh, and I was one of them. You know, it was like, when are you ever going to use that? And I got up, and, you know, and I never did. But, um, you know, as an adult, I just it's just one of those things that, you know, I want to relearn it because I did like the language. Um, mm. And I just just, you know, something. And also, I want to say uh, thank you for your service. Uh, you and your wife as teachers. Um, I know you. we do say that to, you know, our military people. Um, but I think our teachers are on the front lines. Uh, of a a lot of things, you know, when it comes to our, our children, you know, um, and I was going to say not necessarily a war zone, but in this climate, you know, it could be that too, you know, um, but just on being a service to give yourself to be a teacher, to lead and to teach this next generation, I definitely think is a, a honorable and a great thing. And so I want to say thank you for your service, you and your wife, as being teachers, um, definitely knowing the difference that teachers made in my life. Um, so I wanted to say thank you for that. Well, thank um, you very much. I greatly appreciate that, Ernest. No problem. No problem. So one of my first questions, which I already know uh, that you are a girl dad. And yeah. so when I have a girl dad on, there's two questions I always ask. Um, 
Tell me something. First of all, what does it mean to you to be a girl dad? That's number one. And then the second question would be, tell me something that your daughter or daughters uh, have taught you. Well, I have one daughter. Her name is Annette, but we call her Anna, or as I call her, B, short for Anna Banana. And she has helped me become a more well-rounded person because I have two boys along with Anna. One of her, one of them is her twin Seth and Mm. the other one is their older brother, Josh. And as a former fellow boy, I can relate to them very easily. I know what it's like to like to play with cars and like to, you know, I have, to my left, Ernest, I have a shelf full of Transformers. I'm mm-hmm. still a boy. <laughs> I have Transformers. You see the Ninja Turtles behind me with Deadpool. Yeah. And they like that stuff. Anna sometimes likes it, but, I mean, she, she'll sing Weird Al. You know, I, you know, we connect <laughs> that way. But she helps me become more well-rounded because I have to look at things from her point of view. And what she's facing, uh, because boys and girls are not only different physically, but also emotionally and developmentally. As a teacher, I see that a little bit. But once the teaching day is done, I go home and I don't see those, you know, tween or teen girls I'm teaching. I live with one. So Mm -hmm. that is a whole new experience. And I think... Along, along along the lines of your second question, she has taught me to be more patient. Where I can talk one way to the boys, it doesn't work so well with her. And mm-hmm. with that, I have to, you know, I have to be more patient and more aware of things. And so... But every kid's different, so I can't say, oh, if you're a dad of girls, you'll always be like this. But, you know, that's the way Anna is, and she's made me a better person. I'll always be thankful for her because of that. Okay. How, how old is Anna at this time? Ten. Ten? Yes. Ten. Okay. My my daughter made uh, 19 this year, uh, so she's a, officially a young adult. Uh, so it's it's like uh, you, you leave one set of worries and problems and then you go into a whole nother set you know <laughs> so i'm on that second part you know uh at one on one hand you don't want them to grow up you know and or should i say you want them to grow up because like come on you know you grow up and you become more responsible for yourself and making those decisions on your own but then that enters into a new uh you know a new as a father a new set of worries you know, it's like, okay, now you are making the decisions and it's like, ah, you know, yeah. they're making the right decisions. And even if it is a decision that they have to learn from, you know, hopefully they're learning, you know, and not continue to make the same uh, mistakes over and over again. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm on that second phase <laughs> of fatherhood <laughs> with my daughter. Um, so let's, let's jump back uh, right into it, uh, Chris. So I, I know that now, uh, like you mentioned, you are, you are a teacher, um, you are a speaker, and you, um, you know, uh, are, are, are have an array of things that you do. Um, but I always like to ask about 
uh, the story before the story, right? So who was Chris before Chris became, you know, the teacher, before Chris became, uh, you know, the speaker, you know? Um, so I know that everyone, you know, that I have on, they, they have a message, but it, we all go through something in order to get to that message, you know, that we make where that message begins to change who we are and to the point that now we want to take that message and change it and, and you know, speak to someone else where it changes their world. So who was Chris before, you know, uh, you became this speaker, you know what I'm saying? And what was the, the journey of getting to this space to make you who you are now? You're making it easy for me, Ernest, because this is almost exactly how I start some of my presentations. Because okay. I talk about before March 18th, 2015. And I'll get to why that date is important in a minute. But before that date, Becky and I lived here in Uwam with the kids. Besides being a teacher, I was also a runner. And I had done a few marathons, but mostly... 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. I really like the half marathon. It's a good, it's a good balance between a long distance race, but you're also there are components of a strategy. We want to pick it up a little bit or you're falling to your pace. I, uh, as you could tell, and I've explained before, I'm a huge geek. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love comic books. I have about 2,000 in my basement. My mm -hmm. wife just loves it when I brag about that. <laughs> I am surrounded by Ninja Turtles and Transformers and Muppets. And I even have a picture of me with Weird Al Yankovic up there. I've loved his music forever. So I'm just someone who enjoyed being me. And, you know... Growing up, I didn't have as much of that luxury. But then again, looking back, my life was pretty tame compared to a lot of other people who I've met and interviewed on my own podcast. So I don't try to play up my woe is me because really it was pretty tame. That's all before March 18, 2015. Normal guy. Good job. Fantastic family. No problems. On March 18, 2015, I helped Becky get the kids ready for school, which is our norm. Teaching online allows me to teach from home. So I would help her get the kids ready. One of those tasks was loading the twins, who were two at the time, into the van. Seth, the boy twin, was toddling about, which two-year-olds are, you know, are apt to do. So to expedite the process, I picked him up and was flying him back and forth to our detached garage. Well, I veered too far to the right and scratched the back of my right hand on our exterior garage wall. And to quote one of my favorite movies of all time, tis but a scratch. There was no blood, you know, barely anything I had, you know, I mean, I've gotten scratches a hundred times before. This was mm -hmm. barely anything. So... I put him into the car seat. I kissed them all goodbye. And as they went on their way, I went on my way back into the house, wash off my hand, start my day of teaching. Three days later, I wake up and I find a lacrosse ball-sized bump on my right elbow. 
I go to the urgent care clinic. It's a Saturday. So the urgent care clinic is open. The attending doctor says or said that it's, well, it could be bursitis, which is an inflammation of the bursa sac. So keep an eye on it and let us know if something happens. So I, I went home and I kept an eye on that bump as it grew and grew and grew until my right arm was three times the size of my left. Mm. I, I show a picture of this in my presentations. I look like the Incredible Hulk in mid-transformation. It's amazing. It's two different people's arms. The, 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 the difference is so drastic. Well, we find a babysitter for the kids. Becky takes me to the hospital. And while they're admitted, while they're taking my vitals, because they're not going to let a guy with a giant right arm just go away. They knew something was wrong. They just didn't know what. They're taking my vitals. They found that I had gone septic. And for those who don't know what sepsis is, it's more overgeneralized as a reaction that the body has to a foreign agent. One of the kinds of reactions that can happen is that a chemical can be pumped into the bloodstream to fight off that foreign agent. The downside of that is that that chemical alone can kill you. So we're taking count here. I have a ginormous right appendage and my veins are filled with poison. Not the craziest Saturday night I ever experienced, but easily top five. Obviously they keep me overnight. And in the morning, that attending doctor tells me, told me something I will never forget, Ernest. She said, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We can do nothing more for you here. Where do you want to go? Well, I'm in Southern Minnesota, two hours away from Rochester, Minnesota, where Mayo Clinic resides. So I tell her Mayo and they get me ready for the flight to Rochester. I call, I called Becky, told her what was going on. She got the kids ready to go and Max the dog. And she drove all of them to Rochester because that's where her parents lived. Thankfully, her dad at the time was a chaplain at the hospital. And they live 10 minutes away from the hospital. So perfect place for them to stay for the, I was sure, two or three days this would take to resolve itself. I was certain. So they fly me to Rochester. They get me loaded up into an ambulance, take me to St. Mary's Hospital, which is the flagship hospital in the Saint, in the Mayo Clinic system. And it's there that they officially diagnosed me with necrotizing fasciitis, also known as flesh-eating bacteria. You may have heard this term in on the news or on medical shows like ER, mm -hmm. or I'm kind of dating myself there, or uh, Grey's Anatomy. It comes up once in a while. It's a, it's a term that at 
you know, in the past, we would think it was like a science fiction term. For a comic book guy, this is a perfect origin story, mind you. <laughs> My wife wasn't as amused when I told her right? I was thinking of that. However, back to the point, they, as soon as they know what's going on, they get me ready for surgery. They prep me for surgery. And then they put me under for five days. Wow. They didn't know it was going to be five days, but they put me under so they can start saving my life, essentially. The first thing they did was they went to remove all the infected skin and tissue and bacteria. So they cut me from the back of my right hand. See if I get on the screen here. There you go. All the way up my arm, through my shoulder, to the base of my neck, down the front of my chest, around my rib cage, and up my back. At one point, the infection had gotten to the base of my neck. And it's around that time that they had given me a 30% chance of survival. Mm. It was also around this time that they saw that the infection had gone so far into my right arm that they planned on amputation. It wasn't a, it wasn't a maybe, it wasn't a likelihood, it was a certainty. So they get me ready for the second surgery. However, the attending occupational therapist saw that I still had hand function. So they decided to try a maneuver that to this day, it reminds me of the story when you give a mouse a cookie. Are you familiar with that story, Ernest? No, no, not at all. A cookie, you know, he'll ask for a glass of milk. And when he wants, you know, when he gets that glass of milk, he's going to want something else. Basically, when you solve one problem, another problem happens. Mm -hmm. So I was the mouse. Yes, they saved my arm. But in doing so, they left a gaping hole, a, five, a 15 inch by four inch hole in my left leg because that's how big this is and since this is my thigh and my hand i call this my thand copyright pending <laughs> so back to that hole i was a runner the week before my hospitalization i had run a pie day race three point it was on march 14 314 Slightly longer than a 5K. I had run that in 19 minutes, 29 seconds. For a 40-year-old who had never run cross-country, not too bad. But that, what that meant was I had really big thigh muscles. Plus, I say I play soccer, too. So I, I, I was used to using my legs. They couldn't close the wound normally. They couldn't just sew it up. So they had to extract my vastus lateralis, which is my outermost quadricep muscle. And then they installed knobs on either side of the wound. And then a Jacob's ladder type contraption on the inside. So over time, they can tighten the wounds, tighten, tighten the wound in my leg. So it eventually would heal. So... I'm currently looking like a discount Deadpool on the top half of my body, Frankenstein's monster on the bottom half. 
Well, back to that Deadpool part. They say they have my leg eventually fixed, but now I still have all this exposed muscle and tissue and flesh that they need, needed to cover. So they grabbed a skin graft harvester, or as I call it, a cheese slicer on steroids. This thing was huge, like that big. And they would run it up and down my back and my thighs. So they can grab enough uh, skin graft material to cover my the exposed areas. And you could probably tell I'm a ginger, right? Ginger's <laughs> not known for tanning. Now take some of my natural skin away. I swim in sunscreen all summer. It's ridiculous. I should buy I should buy stock in copper tone. But back to back to the five days of coma of coma. So I finally wake up. I won't spend the next hour telling you of all the hallucinations I had. Let's just say I did not wake up very happy. I, however, was surprised to see that my brother, Jeff, from Michigan, was standing in the doorway. Jeff and I grew up in Michigan, uh, just north of the Flint area. He now lives in Muskegon, which is on the west side of the state. You know, when you live in Michigan, you have to use your hand as a map. It's state law. So I was wondering, what is he doing here? Turns out, Becky had called him as soon as she knew what was going on with me. He found the first flight out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, flew to Minneapolis, St. Paul, and then took a shuttle down to Rochester. And he had been there for the better half of the week. And basically the entire coma, you know, my entire coma, he was there helping out with Becky and the kids, basically being a, an emotional support system for her. He called Becky and Bill, my dad-in-law. They come to the hospital and they're talking with me, giving me a basic idea of what was going on, what had gone on for the last five days. And then they wanted me to get some rest, so they leave. Now I'm in this hospital room that I finally am starting to get to know because in the past, in the past five days, I've been out. I have a ginormous cast on my right arm and shoulder. Actually, my right side is covered in this giant yellow cast. My left leg is all wrapped up in bandage. And while my body was now rid of the flesh eating bacteria. I started to feel what I call personal bacteria, negative thoughts and questions that were invading my mind. And I had zero answers for them. Questions like, what was I going to be able to do physically when I fully recovered? If I fully recovered, how was my mindset going to react to what came next? How was I going to relate to Becky, the kids, my fam other family members and friends, my coworkers, my neighbors, absolute strangers? What was our financial situation going to be like? As it turned out, I'm now the proud owner of a million dollar arm. 
Mm. That's how much our, my hospital stay cost between surgeries, hospitalization, flight from New Ulm to Rochester, everything. All of those questions were invaded my mind and I had no answers. And the more I stewed on those questions, the more I started feeling myself enter a downward spiral. Luckily though, I didn't have long to enjoy that spiral. If you can enjoy such a spiral in one of her early visits, Becky came to my hospital room and she started telling me about all the different things people were doing to support us. She told me how our neighbors were snow blowing our driveways and shoveling our walkways. It was early April, late May when she was telling me this. So even though it was technically spring for Minnesota, it's winter round two. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, you know law enforcement was passing by our house, checking on things because this is a small town and someone with flesh eating bacteria doesn't go, you know, that news travels fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people in the Rochester area, some of our friends and some of my colleagues from my online school stopped by to donate food, clothing, toys. Some of them even played with my kids, something I could not do at that time. One of Becky's friends from high school had started a GoFundMe account that ended up covering the uh, lost wages I had incurred from all those sick days I ran out of. I ended up missing an entire quarter of the school year. She was telling me all of these things and I could feel that personal bacteria, that, uh, that personal bacteria wash away. And I was left with, left with what I now call the attitude of gratitude. I didn't call it that at the time, but I distinctly remember asking myself three questions. The first question was, what good things did I have in my life? Well, that was easy to answer. My, my wife, you know, basically told me I have fantastic family, friends. I have a, a you know, beautiful home. I have a great job, fantastic neighbors. You know, my faith is strong. So all those big things came to mind right away. But then I thought about what about those small things, those seemingly insignificant parts of our lives that we overlook that actually make our day better. They actually make us smile or make our day or jobs easier. So I thought about the show Daredevil on Netflix. My brother had bought me a, uh, an iPad for my recovery. And as soon as I was able to, as soon as that show dropped, cause I'd heard about it for year, for months, I downloaded Netflix. I started binge watching that show uh, because it had dropped while I was in the hospital and it was a great escape for me. Then I thought about how it was, I was blessed to have the nurse's station right across the hall from me because there had been a time when I had yelled out of pain and they were right there. It was, it was amazing. And so I knew that they 
had, you know, they were watching me. They were, they were, they had my back. And then there's a the hospital pizza. <laughs> Ernest, what do you think about hospital food? Um, I've been blessed to never have to be there. <laughs> so I yeah. haven't even tasted it. <laughs> I, I tell you what, maybe it's because I hadn't had pizza in a while, but the hospital pizza at St. Mary's in Rochester is phenomenal. Mm. It just hit the spot every time. And I could, I, I ordered it anytime I could. Again, maybe because it maybe had been because I hadn't had pizza in a mile was able when I was able to eat solid food, but man, it really hit the spot. And so I, I do this today. I think about door hinges. Who thinks about door hinges? Well, I do. Because when you got to get into a certain room to do a certain thing and that door is not opening, mm -hmm. you get thinking about door hinges really quick. And so I'm thankful for door hinges all the time. And then I think about my, my computer mouse here. See that gray stuff? That's mm -hmm. duct tape. It's held, held, held together by, a foreign, by foreign substances, but still works well. So this, this computer mouse is a representation of me. And then I think about my right armpit. You ever think about your right armpit, Ernest? I don't think I have. Well, I'm thankful for my right armpit because it's covered in skin grafts. Skin grafts are non-porous, which means they don't sweat, hmm. which means... I only have to use deodorant on my left armpit. <laughs> Do you know how much money I have saved in the last seven years by only using deodorant on one armpit? Mm. Not a lot, but it's still kind of <laughs> cool. And also, I can take a polar plunge like a champ. Mm. There, you can't. I can't feel temperature the way other people feel. It's. I'm. I, I'm not. I am very temperature resistant on the side of my body. So I start, I started thinking about all the little things in my life. And I realized Ernest that I am rich. I have so many things to be thankful for. And it's not because they have market value, but they have intrinsic value. I find value in them. And because I find value in them, I am rich. So that was the first question I answered. The second question I answered was not what was good in my life, but who was good in my life? Who do I appreciate and, you know, just and thankful for in my social circles? And, you know, and when we ask ourselves that question, again, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, but then I got thinking about the nurses at St. Mary's. Yes, we're at Mayo. It's world class. However, the nurses not only treated me physically, but they also became my friends. And I love telling this story. Um, when you stay in the hospital for a long time, they sometimes give you a poster that they put on the wall, or in my case, the bathroom door. It's called the getting to know you poster. And they have some questions so they can, spoiler alert, get to know you. Mm -hmm. One of the questions asked on my poster was favorite movie. Now, Ernest, you heard me quote Money Python. I talked about Transformers. 
I have the Ninja Turtles behind me. You know I love Marvel. And yes, I am a Star Wars fan. So you could probably guess my favorite movie. That's right. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> One of my favorites. I know. Mine too. <laughs> my all-time favorite. So I, I have them put Blazing Saddles on the, on the poster. Well, one Monday morning, the head nurse, Chris, she practically ran into my room and she was so excited. She was sputtering. She said, Chris, I was at the garage sale this weekend and I saw this and reminded me of you. And here it is. She handed me a DVD copy of Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. I am nothing more than an item on her to-do list. I am a part of her job. But the fact that she thought of me, not, not only to remember that that was my favorite movie, which is just a couple words on a wall in, a, in one of many rooms that she services, but she went out and bought it for me. That DVD is one of my prized possessions. Not because of its market value, but because of of the love and friendship in which it was given. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate and love the nurses at Mayo Clinic. And, and you know, that instance helped me develop what I call the triple A. And it stands for actively augment your appreciation of someone. So what I do to practice the triple A is I first... I take someone in a social circle that we both share and I take them out temporarily. Then the second step is I look at all the ways that this person affects the world in a positive way. Then finally, the third step is I put them back into our social circle and I revel and am in awe that I have a relationship with this fantastic person. I love to use my wife, Becky, as an example. Yes, she's my wife, my partner, my best friend. But when I take her out of that social circle that we share, I see that she's a fantastic mother, a loving daughter and sister, a brilliant teacher, a great athlete, a well-trained musician, a benefit to the community as a whole. Now I put her back into our social circle and she's still all of those things, but she's my wife, partner, and best friend. How lucky am I? And so I feel that if we were to do that, if we were to look at people in how they affect the world around them in a positive way, we might not become best friends with everyone but we might be able to develop a little more empathy and a little more appreciation for those people that we may not know very well, or honestly, we may not like very much. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be friends with everyone, but we can be friendly right. with everyone. And by appreciating them more, who knows what can come of that? So the final question I asked myself was, how could I give others a reason to be grateful? In the hospital, I couldn't do a lot. I, my job was recovery. But when I was discharged, I really started taking action. 
for example, when I started running again, I started picking up trash on the road or on the sidewalk or in someone's yard without getting too trespassy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get the cops get called, you know, get called on me because I'm trying to pick up a pop can. I then started mowing my neighbor's lawns or in the wintertime shoveling their driveway or snowblowing their walkway. Especially I have, we have some older neighbors in the area. I want to make sure they're okay. And then there's the classic opening a door for someone. And if 20, if the pandemic has taught us anything earnest is that at any given point, someone could be having the worst day of their life. But if I can stop what I'm doing, halt my world to help them out just a little bit, Mm -hmm. who knows if that could turn their day around or brighten it at least a little bit. Right. And I think the simple gesture of holding a door for someone definitely is understated. And so I started doing things for other people. I started taking my story and using my experience to help others. I've written blogs and newspaper articles. I started being interviewed by fantastic podcast guests like yourself. I started my own podcast called Scar Bearers, where I give others a platform to talk about their own trials and tribulations and triumphs. And I became a professional speaker where I offer others a way to better their own lives and the world around them. And when I think back to those questions, I thought, well, I thought about the good things in my life. I acknowledge the appreciated and I give others a reason to be grateful. T A G I'm playing tag. And I don't know about you, Ernest, but playing tag by yourself is boring and more than a little embarrassing. So I try to involve as many people as I can, because when you do that, like the playground game, it becomes more fun, more exciting, and everyone has a good time. And I have found that in my experience, you know, only doing this a couple of years, that so many people, even if they haven't spent months in the hospital, they resonate with being able to make their day a little brighter by seeing the value around them, not the market value, but the intrinsic value of what they have and seeing that maybe their life isn't as bad as they seem, or maybe if they're facing something, something bad, it's not the be all end all. As I like to say in my presentations, your current reality is not your destiny. And practicing tag can help you get to that future that you want. Yeah. Man, you you've you said a mouthful <laughs> with your story. I didn't really have to say anything, but you 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 definitely uh, have answered all the questions that I was going to answer. Um, okay. One of the things I, I want to point out, uh, which I, if you're a listener of the podcast, you guys know I love acronyms, and so we'll go. I want to go back a little bit to the the acronym tag, which is your your um, uh, program. So is is T A G, which stands for uh, basically thankfulness. Uh, uh, my mind just went blank. Acknowledgement or appreciation. Yep. And the G will be, uh, I say, gratefulness, but giving. 
giving yes. another person to be uh, uh, a reason to be grateful. You know, and I, and I really like that because um, I I think that, and then just the, the fact, like you just said, tag, like playing tag. So now is you're taking this uh, concept, but you're passing it to someone else. Like, okay, you're it. Now it's your yeah. job to, to pass it on to the next person. I love that. I think, I think that's great. Um, Man, you you really uh, like I said, I don't have much to say because you answered all the questions. <laughs> but I, but I love it. Um, I I know that one of the other things that you mentioned uh, beforehand, we talked about um, is is either a journal uh, that you that you have. Um, tell us a little bit about the journal and how would that help to um, press for this uh, mission of tag. Well. I thought of the journal as I was writing my book and the book is still in, in the process of revising and editing, but I thought that, well, like any skill, gratitude needs to be practiced. You can't, you know, if, if you've ever been to the gym, you don't walk into the gym, do a, a pull up and say, Oh, done. I'm the next Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know, you have to practice it. Right. So I created a couple of versions of a journal that allow people to practice tag every day. And that you know, allows them to think of at least one good thing in their life to acknowledge someone they appreciate and then a way they could give others a reason to be grateful. And over time, you're going to find that that becomes second nature. Mm. As I like to say in my presentations, and I like to say a lot in my presentations, but I say where your thoughts go, your mind and body will follow. Well, if I start thinking positively, think about all the great things in my life, I'm going to soon develop this positive mindset that, wow, I have a pretty great life. Mm hmm and I, and I have a lot going for me. Well, if I have that mindset, wow, I have a lot going for me. Why don't I get going and doing some stuff? So I'm going to start taking positive action. My own personal life is, is a tribute to that because of the positivity and gratitude I felt through playing, through practicing tag, I developed more resilience, which mm -hmm. meant I could put myself out there. I could do tough things. So an example of that is my Taekwondo practice. I was in Taekwondo in high school, but I, I quit because high school. Well, when my son Josh was six, he started Taekwondo. This was the, this was the fall after my hospitalization. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I told myself, well, if he keeps with it for a year, I'm going to ask him if I can join. And thankfully he said yes, because he stayed a year. And long story short, I am now a first degree black belt in Taekwondo because of the resilience I developed by my positivity and my gratitude. And let me tell you, Ernest, being a 48 year old runner makes it really hard to kick high. <laughs> because my hip flexors are not very flexy. Right. It, take, it took a lot of work and a lot of stretching 
to finally make those kicks, but I did it and I have the belt to prove it. As I said before, I also started running again. And not only did I start running again, I set or have set currently four lifetime personal running records. I tied my previous best in the 5K. I, I ran a new personal best in the 10K, that uh, 10 mile and half marathon. After my hospitalization, because of the positivity and the gratitude and resilience I have developed. And I'm now training for the Boston Marathon. If you had asked me if would I run for Boston before my hospitalization, it would not have been a thought. I mean, yeah, I would have thought it were, it were cliche. Like, yeah, everyone runs for Boston. But we, my uh, Becky and I went to Boston for a an anniversary trip. I went to Boylston Street. When the traffic cleared, I stepped down the road. I crossed that finish line, did a goofy running pose. I told myself, well, guess I'm running Boston now. <laughs> I talked myself into being the cliche, but I want it. I want to push myself and I, and I want to show people what you can do when you have the right mindset. And that's why I, I'm also a speaker because I want to share this with kids, with those people who are facing tough times to say again, your current reality is not your destiny. Man, I, I, I've got so much from you, Chris, just listening to your story. And again, just the the uh, the acronym tag, well, not just the acronym, but the embodiment of it, of putting it into action, you know, and the power that it has, you know, just by listening to you. I, you know, when you fill out the paperwork and you, you know, send in the request and I read it like, oh, tag, okay, that, that sounds nice. But just to hear you as you begin to explain it and not only explain it, but to tell your story of how you implemented it, how you even came up with it, you know, uh, is powerful just within itself. And and I I will say that I personally and happily take the baton that I'm tagged in now, right? So now now I got to use it and uh, pass this information on to someone else. I I love it, uh, Chris. I I thank you for for being on. You pretty much carried this whole interview, but <laughs> I thank you for being on. Uh, thank you for telling your story, and, and and I thank you for the acronym. Again, I love acronyms, um, but I thank you for that message, and I, I think it's going to be very powerful in you know, not only my life, because now it's, it's, it's part of me, um, but also to the my listeners. So uh, I'm going to let you have the last word again. <laughs> well, don't but, do that, man. We won't be here forever. <laughs> but I want, you to, I want you to leave us with a word of uh, inspiration or you know, motivation or whatever, however you, you feel, uh, definitely give us the, um, uh, your social media handles and, you know, places where we can follow you. And just to know, uh, yeah, I, I am a witness that you got those kicks. Cause I was watching your Instagram videos and I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> well, thanks. I don't, I don't think my, my leg can come too, too far past my hip, let alone, you know, do a high kick, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but definitely, you, thanks, uh, uh, it takes a little bit to warm it up, but yeah, I, I find that get, get those up there. But I'll start. I'll lead with my social handles. I try to keep it simple. You can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn at, at Chris D T Gordon. So Chris D T Gordon. 
on Facebook, it's Chris DT Gordon. YouTube, Chris DT Gordon. The podcast is called Scar Bearers, not Scarred Bears. That's yeah, I know it's visually awesome and scary, but it's Scar Bearers. And you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. I'm going to leave you with this, Ernest. Pass on perfection and go for greatness. As I look at my body, I am scarred on the upper right hand of my body, on the upper, upper right hand side of my body, and on my left leg. My body is nowhere perfect. No matter how many miles I run, no how many, no matter how many pull-ups I do, no hammer, how many push-ups I crank out, my body cannot be perfect. And if you look around, visions of perfection on billboards, newspaper ads, what have you. Those are fleeting moments caught with a camera. And they may not even be perfect when they're taken. And even if they are perfect for that moment, how long did it take to create that moment of fallacy? Mm -hmm. Not perfect. It just looks perfect. However, if you are consistent in your practice, whatever you're doing, and you are diligent in your efforts, and you are perseverant through those tough times, because we know not every day is sunshine and rainbows. If you could be consistent, diligent, and persistent in whatever you do, you might reach perfection once in a great while. But you will always be great. All right, right. And we can't can't have no better than that. Chris, thank you again for, for being on. Uh to all my listeners, hey, I, I know I told you guys that I was gonna tell you guys how you could win a hundred dollars from the podcast. So let me just say this: you could win a hundred dollars from the podcast by joining our super subscriber contest. And in order to do that, all you need to do is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our Facebook page and subscribe to our pod, uh, Spotify podcast. And after you've done those three things, text the word WIN, W-I-N, to 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to uh, win $100 from the podcast. It's just that simple. And it don't cost you guys anything. I mean, you're listening already, so you must like it, right? So just... uh. You know, go ahead, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share, you know, all that good stuff. So, Chris, again, uh, let me say thank you for being on. Thank you for taking out your time from your family and your lovely wife to order to be here. Um, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, to all my listeners, thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone uh, can live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And our mission on the podcast is to help someone to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. Be blessed. Hey, guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730. 0730 in order to receive text messages 
with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.